Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Previously on Rabbit and Red Radio. And now... Kids playing pranks, trick-or-treating, parking, getting high. I have the feeling that you're way off on this. You have the wrong feeling. Well, you're not doing very much to prove me wrong. What more do you need? Well, it's going to take more than fancy talk to keep me up all night crawling around these bushes. I, I, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this night in humanly patient. Waiting for some secret, silent hour to trigger him off. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it.
Oh, you're, since this is going to be post-production, you're going to cut Psycho Killer, right? Yeah. No, we, we, just one song, man. And then we'll start talking. It's beautiful. I fucking hate that song. I understand that, but it's part of the legacy. It's part of the legacy. Yeah, we've got the original song. That's good enough, man. No, but this is no. Actually, is that the original song? Wait, I'm trying to. Someone I know. Yeah, well, that's because you weren't listening back in the day. Um, No one listened on Blog Talk, man. Everybody listened on Blog Talk. No, that's not true. You're just you didn't listen because you were too busy. No, Um, who the fuck even knows what Blog Talk is? Fuck that stupid shit. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, that's what that was. Yeah, no. The only time I've ever heard of any blog talk bullshit is you talking about it. Um, I like before you. I didn't even know there was a thing called blog talk radio or well, blog talk or whatever. If, they are still around, and they still uh, you still can use them to um, record. Um, and I believe the sound quality today, from what Vince has told me, uh, is just as shitty as it was uh, seven years ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, wow, that's a hell of a way to open the program. Um, um, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this 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 intro point only because uh this is the first one and i am the surviving original member here so let me let me just let me just do this here anyway um for those of you that don't know this is rabbit and red radio we are not dead we are back and uh back where did we go oh See, man, some, you're just floundering some, right here. You didn't even introduce the show. But, some, uh, uh, by the no, way, the, is, the, the show that you is, clicked on to play is, is Rabbit and Red. Well, Can I just show you how to do this? Oh, my God. So you think that I don't know how to intro a show. Okay. So the correct way to do it. Here, allow me. Okay. Yes. So the way it should open, yes. Michael, just so you know, is okay. yes. welcome to Rabbit and Red Radio. Now, you might notice my voice doesn't sound like Vincent Paul. I haven't already made a racist joke, and I haven't already criticized Mike, his gay brother, or his obese uh, handicapped mother. Uh, can we call her handicapped? Because we'll, she we'll, we'll doesn't say, have all her hands. Well, we'll No, she has all of her hands. It's her feet she doesn't have. Oh, okay, okay. She has so, a foot. Yes. She has a, a half a foot and uh, about three, half a foot, half a leg. Ah, half a foot and half a leg. So there you go. All right, so yes, my name is John Rhodes, and joining me, as always, is one of the original members of the crew that brought us Rabbit and Red, my co-host, my partner in crime, Michael J. Well, that's uh, quite an introduction, Um, you know? It's it's weird because listening to the the build up music again, like I said, this this 
this is the first time I think we've used that intro, even though I kind of remixed it um, for this. Um, it's the first time we used that intro in a long time. And it's just like back in the blog talk days, <clears throat> like I just said, when we would basically, I'd be on the phone and I would be, the show would be starting and I would be listening to that, you know, muted and I'd listen to that play, and I gotta say, uh, a lot of the times, like, during that, where I would hear that music play, I would break down and cry right before we went on. Well, that's partially because you're a bitch. And honestly, like, right now, just, again, this time, hearing it, it was like, all those memories just came flooding back to me and I got goosebumps and I got the chills and it was... Well, al- allow me, Mike, because you've been a part of this. You've been there since the beginning, since the birth of this part of this thing. And you've always heard that. Yes. How about how we hear from me, okay? Because... I remember this intro. I remember this. And, you know, hearing it back now, it kind of brings back this flood of nostalgia. Um, for me, I, I, I already got into this on our lounge, but I, I remember it was a weekly, I believe you guys came out every week. It was a weekly thing it, for me. Actually, we'll see. Yeah. And, well, you don't remember, like I said, before HorrorBid, when we were doing it, we did, Well, no one remembers that. I'm but anyway, sure there are some people, but before we started on HorrorBid, actually, I think even when we started on HorrorBid, I think we did two shows a week. I think... At Was one, it really? I believe at one point with HorrorBid, we were doing... Well, and then before that, like with Blog Talk, we were doing three shows. We were doing, like... Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, or something like that. And then with Horrorbid, we went to like two shows a week. But I would get to a point where I think I overwhelmed Vince with the amount of guests and such that we would get for the show. And I think just, you know, doing it so often, because uh, we put out like an hour and a half, two hour show every time. So that was like sometimes two, three times a week. Um, where we just decided, okay, I think once a week is, um, enough. And, and and I'll be honest, like I was saying, it it brings back a a flood of nostalgia because at that point in time I would get home from work or whatever and I would just want to unwind. And what I would end up doing is I would, uh, I would, I would surf the internet obviously. And I would, uh. I would turn on Rabbit and Red, and I would read through the new articles on Horbid and on Bloody Disgusting, and just really catch myself up in what was going on while listening to you and uh, Mr. Vincent Paul just being jackasses. Did you and, um, did you ever comment on the Horbid uh, pages no, at all? No, no, never. I wasn't one of those. Okay, I've never so really been never, one of those. You never commented. No, not once. Oh, okay. No, I, I've never really been one of those. Uh, honestly, I would turn it on and I would not look at the page at all. I would just, 
go to other pages, read up and stuff like that. You guys were just my, uh, the background noise keeping me entertained. And it is really nice to hear that again, except for Psycho Killer. Because no one likes that. That's a horrible song. Uh, this show has a longstanding legacy. And that that's a, a very important thing that we really want to honor. We're and in the eighth year, bitches. June 15th or 16th or 17th, whenever uh, Toy Story 3 came out, one of those three days... It will be. It won't only be the eighth anniversary of the theatrical release of Toy Story three. It'll be the eighth anniversary of the first time. That's sad that that's how you remember things. Because I went to see Toy Story three that afternoon, and I remember eleven o'clock. No, I'm sorry, it was like ten forty five that night. Because with Block Talk, you had to set your your time to do the show. So it was like ten thirty, ten forty five, and my phone rings, and I answer it, and it's Vince, and he's like, "Hey." He's like, uh, do you feel like doing like this thing? It's like a podcast thingy. And um, we'll basically just sit there and we'll talk about Friday the 13th. I'm like, um, I had nothing better to do. So I was like, sure. So we sat there for like an hour and we talked about it. And then after that, we're like, wow, this is fun. A few people listen to us live. So from there, it grew. And um, other people got involved, um, um, Alex and such. Um, Alex, uh, Rich Style, Ryan, uh, Ryan Lewis. Was Ryan How many actually, others? I don't even remember. Was Ryan a host on the, the show? I'm not sure if he was a host. I know he made frequent call-ins. I don't know if he, he ever was, made it to host. Was, when the hell was? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember the first time he was on was our Mask Makers show. And he was on with a few other, like, mask makers, and they talked about that. And I remember, and I'll, I'll say this, when Vince first brought that idea to me, like, of doing that mask show, I'm like, I think that this is going to be probably one of the worst things we could ever do. I was like, I don't know about this episode. I just, you know. But then sitting there and listening to them talk about, like, the craft of mask making and how they actually, like, you know, like, what goes into it and... All that stuff, it just, it really changed my opinion on, on, on the craft, on the hobby, whichever you want to call it. It really did. Well, uh, can't say I, I heard that one, but yeah, this of has a, didn't. Which was probably on blog talk. Uh, no, that was, uh, that was a horror bit episode. Uh, I don't know how I missed that one, but anyway, um, you didn't listen. There we go. Yeah, that's how you I missed were, it. You were sick that day. Uh, possibly. Um, like, like you did point out, you, you guys recorded longer episodes, so it usually took me a couple days to get the whole way through, because not everyone sits down and listens for two hours. Well, there are other shows that are way longer than two hours, sir. Yeah, you know how many fucking days it takes the average person to get through that? Well, that's why I just, sometimes I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's very intimidating, I just, I'll say that. Yeah, when you download something and four hours long, it's like, I ain't got time for that, man. Well, that's why on Legion, stream, bitches, stream. Yeah, I ain't got time for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. So, long legacy. All these people involved. And let's face facts. It, it, it's The show has changed up, right? 
over the how, how has it yes. evolved, Mike? Tell us. Break oh, it God. down. <laughs> well, we started on Block Talk with just myself and Vince, and then um, I, I wait. You know what? Alex came on when we were still on Block Talk, and then we transitioned to Horror Bit. I forget how that all happened. I think. Oh, 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 oh! What interview did I get? Um, I got an interview with with something from Halloween three. No, was that no? Anyway, I, I you got yeah, I don't remember how it happened. Something happened with Halloween, and I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh, oh! I got Tyler. This is when we were on Blog Talk. I got Tyler Maine in October of 2010 to come on. And he came on and talked to us um, while he was driving his kids around places. Um, and he, I guess we talked to him for maybe, and that was, like I said, it's block talk, so it's live. So it's like I had talked to him, this is back before Facebook. And I believe I messaged him on MySpace at this time. This is how this is. And I had, you know, talked to him about the show. So he's like, okay, well, what time do you record? I said, well, we're recording at 8.30. I said, we start at 8.30. He's like, okay, well, I'll try to call in between 8.45 and 9. So then we gave him, like, the special block talk number to call in. And uh, he called in at 8.45. And I think Alex was running the soundboard that night. And he answers the phone and he's like, Hello, is this Tyler Maine? And it's like, who the fuck else would it be, dude? He's the <laughs> only one that had the fucking number at that point. So, you know, it was a whole big thing. But that was a really cool interview. I was really, like, impressed that he called in. And it was like, at that point, after that happened, I said, you know, I'm like, this is different. I'm like, I really think that this could be better than just your average show and uh i think in in some ways i was right well it, it continued on you guys went to horbid and then uh you stepped away and who stepped in michael Let, let's just we got to fill in the gaps here well yeah we had we had issues there and we all know it um so we moved to um the devil's eyes because rich style kind of like he built that site as a home for rabbit and red you know, um, because we really had nowhere else to go at that point. So um, we went over there. Uh, we we're still doing some decent shows there. Then myself and Vince had a falling out. So at that point, I left in February of 2012. And uh, Rich stepped in at that point. I think Rich and Dan chased. I think it was like an alternating thing. From what I can remember, I don't know because I stopped listening as soon as I left. So, <laughs> I I don't know what happened, you know, fully in those years. I just remember that around the time of the 100th episode, um, Rich contacted me and said something about them recording a 100th episode. Would I like to come back for that? So, I did. And I think that was the first time that I had talked to Vince in probably over a year and um, then I think I stuck with it for a while. Um, yeah, because Skeleton Crew happened in between, like, before that time. So, yeah, then I, I think I stuck with it again for a while. Then after that, 
um, I stopped getting calls about Rabbit and Red. So then you, Rich, brought you on, and you yes. did the show with Rich for a while. Yes. And then after that, I said to Vince, I, I think I was like, okay, well, we should try to maybe get this going again. And he said, okay. So then that's when we tried to do it. But due to his, um, you know, um, personal current conditions, current condition health-wise, um, he just, uh, you know, we kind of now we're at where we're at right now. Would you like to take this call? We have a call. No. Yeah, but who is it? All right. Rabbit and Red Radio. Yeah, my caller 93 for the uh, Jethro Toll tickets. Jethro Toll tickets. Well, Jethro Toll hasn't been around since I don't know when, so yeah. Yeah, good improv there. I don't yeah, know that, that was excellent. I like excellent Jethro job, Toll. Mike. I don't know what the Also, also about. Mike, I, I, I love your whole little... Hello, Rabbit and Red Radio. Hello, caller. Hello. It's, it's, it's better. It's better Sorry, than my voice has gotten higher. It's, Hello. Shut up. It's better than. It's better than. Hello, caller. Is this Tyler Maine? Yeah, yeah. When I when I started, it was about eight years ago, and nobody knew it. I I brought that up earlier already. So yeah. And you know what? Out of the three of us, at least two of us know what we're doing, and much of us know how to use a mixing board. Which is great. That's always good for the guy who could just about barely use a cell phone. He goes, hey, I know. I can't cut a suit together. Let's go live, and I got a mixing board. <laughs> well, I do have the mixing board. I just have to figure it out. But I found out. I bought Of course. The, the, the mixer, the directions? The mixer, well, yeah, no, the mixer that I bought, is, it was like 80 bucks. You and, know what it was, John? Mike bought a mixer to mix food with because he's that fucking stupid. I wouldn't be. hooking it up. Hey, put a fucking KitchenAid up to his goddamn uh, desktop and sort of work. That's how stupid he is. I believe it. Dummy. I believe it. Well, that right. also explained Dummy. the uh, noise in the background that I was hearing last time we tried to record. Well, it could also be his brother in the uh, next room committing sins and make baby Jesus cry. Mm. That's while very his true. mother is fucking defecating into her uh, false leg there because she can't reach the fucking commode. <laughs> it's a good time over that fucking house of horrors. 365 days of Halloween. <laughs> it really kind it's of is, only... and three sixty six yeah. on a leap year. Yeah, okay. It's it's wow. three sixty five. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, uh, it's always great with that Mike's house on Halloween. It's the only time it can look like a piece of shit, and, it, and it's still normal on that block. <laughs> yeah, we're actually one of the few that are, you know, still. I don't even talk to any of my neighbors. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, why would you? Anyway. <laughs> You know, why would they? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We need a uh, moldy bread from four years ago. Could you spare some? Well, Fucking Christ see, Almighty! Every 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 um kid, you know, friends of mine in the neighborhood that was involved with the Camp Out Nightmare franchise has pretty much moved away. So, yeah, well, it's called prison. I'm so the only, I'm the only one on the Interstate 78. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. The guy who moves the slowest is the only one left. That's a shame, isn't it? It's very much a shame. No, it's pretty bad. I, I got the worst health, and I'm still 100 times sharper than Mike is. This is Rather than Red's off to a great story, I'm fucking handing this over. It's like handing your baby off to Casey Anthony going, hey, hope, hope to see it alive in two weeks. I, I well, think I'm doing fairly well. Well, I'm here to save it. Um, I'm yeah, the let's, talent. Let's talk Michael to John. J. Mike. Is, uh, oof. 
Woof. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't it fun, John? Try to fucking bounce the ball off of a fucking wall of spikes. <laughs> well, with Mr. I'll Michael J. That there, ass. You just have to... Uh, ugh. Basically, you, you hand it to him. You, you have to hand it to him. Um, and yeah, you, you, you do all like the heavy knife. lifting. <laughs> I'll only. grab the blade. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I, I make a joke, and Mike goes, "Hey, let me explain the joke." Not <laughs> let me over-explain everything. Yeah, that's what he's good at. This is great, you know. I, Mike has the worst life too because he has to take care of his mother, who, who needs to lose weight, and it's probably like eighteen tasty cakes and fifteen Hostess cakes sitting on her fucking stomach. Actually, there's only 12 in a pack of Hostess cakes. Well, she buys them by the bundle. That's the joke, dummy. Oh. Just just a big smorgasbord there. Right. Did she lose another leg? Uh, No, we're on half a foot and half a leg at the current time. The mic has a half a brain, yeah. Well, I probably have less than half a brain. Yeah, explain that joke away, too. Even when I um, purposely hacked it up with the voice, Mike still kind of overdoes it. You know, Mike, why don't you shut up for a minute and me and John can talk. So, John, what were you talking about earlier about uh, how you're glad Trump's in office and you're still waiting for these blacks to get deported along with the Mexicans? <laughs> well, as Come towards uh, deportation, I'm all for it. As long as you're illegal, get the fuck out. The rest John of it, man. the wall? Uh, to be honest, I don't give a fuck about the wall. If we got to pay for it, No. Which yeah. obviously no one else is going to pay for it. Obviously not. It's really a bad idea to begin with. Just putting up a wall. Yeah, yeah. it's not <laughs> very hard to do. Yeah, that's the thing. Most of them are here. <laughs> what is it going to solve? It's like all the dumb people. Oh yeah, we're going to build the wall. It's going to be great. It's like okay. And then, and then the other fucking side is who's going to who's going to wash our dishes. And no longer, Christ, isn't that a little bit uh, bigoted of you that that's all they can do? You fucking dummy. Well, Mike's collecting unemployment and disability. Yeah. Let's let's fucking start the wall at Mike's house and just end it there. Just keep that element out from the rest of the United States. Yeah, because I probably wouldn't be able to scale the wall. That's probably a good idea. Uh, Totally missed the point there, didn't you? Wow. Yeah, I think I did. Well, my IQ is only 84, so. It's probably 48, you're dyslexic. Ah, no, I'm not the dyslexic one. Yeah, I'm actually the dyslexic one there, asshole. That's right, rabbit and red. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) See, Mike misheard me, probably because uh, the Facebook Live Lounge was a little glitchy there in the beginning, and he seems to think that I misspoke. Oh, so it's, so you actually said rabbit and red. Like, rabbit I'm and pick red. Up, yeah, okay, uh, well, I can't wait till you do a uh, listener's request. I, I, I don't want to knock other shows, yep. but Christ Almighty, some of these fucking podcasts need to get a fucking grip on it. I was always, I was always self aware that I didn't get a lot of people listening. I never fucking tried to promote it. But when you, I see these fucking podcasts that nobody ever listens to, and they go, hey, we're going to have a listener, uh, a listener's um, control or a listener's choice. Like, what is that show? Okay, listener's choice. Let's just go to Bill, the only fucking caller we have. What did you like in the past 20 shows we did? Fucking self they're fucking blowing themselves. They got five listeners. And they think, 
We, we don't need a noise, Mike. <laughs> we really don't. Well, you said That's his blow- only contribution, Yeah, though. you said blowing themselves. So... Great. If I if I if fucking if cancer was fucking contagious, I'd be over there coughing in his face right now. Wait, you have cancer? When did that happen? No, we, we'll skip ahead. Uh, <laughs> so, when it comes to horror, you know, what have you watched lately? What what has been the uh, the new the new uh, the new good stuff? Silver Bullet Blu-ray from Australia. No, he said new. Yeah, I go new. Mike goes, hey, 1986, there's a movie called... 1985. 90, 85, 90, sorry. 92 minutes. Rated R. <laughs> and how many dicks did uh, did uh, Feldman take in that one? Um, Haim, I don't know. He was in a wheelchair, so he could probably just be sitting on a whole pile of them. He wouldn't be sitting. He, he, never mind. Just, just move on. <laughs> you know, I, I saw Happy Death Day, and I was... Uh, I bought it because I don't like to, uh, I don't know how, how you guys feel. I don't like uh, renting a stream. I don't want to rent a movie to stream. I'd rather just own it for for about $10 more, as stupid as that may be. Because if I like it, then I go, now i got to buy it. Wait, so hold on a wasted. second. Did you yeah, buy no, it I digitally? Get that. Did you buy it digitally? Yeah, I bought it digitally. Fuck you, yeah, because now the you're future. supporting this fucker's stance. This fucker thinks digital is the future. Digital is not the future. It's 4K well, uh, uh, is the future. No. Yeah, and there's and there's 4K uh, that you can actually download now. Well, most of it's honestly 2K, and, and honestly, many people cannot tell the difference. That's well, I can sick. tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. You don't even have perfect vision. But if you <laughs> if you go to a Best Buy and they have a 4K TV, yes. it's a lot of them are not 4K. They're going to say up up near 4K quality, but it's really what's considered 2K quality. And, and truly, you cannot tell the difference. The other big thing is also going to be the refresh rate in there as well. Oh, that which refresh is, that's the big, rate. Uh, well, it's well, 120 and 240, you know, but 240 is going to make all the difference versus 120. I know, but I Anyway, here's why streaming's good. So, uh, and, and by the way, um, podcasting one on one. If you have a guest on, you might want to ask what he's been up to for the past year, especially when he has interesting stories to tell. When he comes on like a fucking fireball. Anyway, um, it's all about me now for the next ten minutes. Um, this is why streaming's good. Uh, especially last year, I was really banged up, and this happened two times. I was, I was so lazy, so tired, so broken up. I couldn't get out of bed. For instance, I wanted to watch Jaws on Blu-ray, which was about 23 feet away from me. Instead of just getting up out of bed, I went to Vudu or Microsoft and just bought rebought the movie digitally so I could watch it. I did that with Jaws, and I did that with uh, Predator. That's what I like about streaming, where you can just buy it or rent it if you want to. You don't have to get out of bed. I'd get up and grab the Blu-ray. And then you're you're building a library. Yeah. And one that you can take with you everywhere that's not cumbersome. Cumbersome means awkward, Michael. Oh, yes, I know. There's that Seven Mary Three song, Cumbersome. Yeah, that's how probably Mike only knew about it. (laughs) Mike only liked the first three letters at work because it's just selling his brother's back while he gives him a bath wash. Ah. Two gay jokes in four minutes. I'm on a roll. Yeah, but it's also, I do like a physical copy. There are certain things I'd rather get, but streaming, it comes down to this. Okay, John, you love the movie. I know Evil Dead's one of yours, Hatchet's another. So if Hatchet comes out with 
special edition Blu-ray, and let's say Adam Green goes, well, this one is 12 extra minutes sliced into it. You're going to want to buy the Blu-ray over just a streaming option. Of course. And, and I think that's where it comes down. Horror fans especially are always, for the mo- I don't know about the newer generation, the one that's coming up, but anybody, you know, uh, I guess the age, let's say 33 and above, we're just used to going out and buying, whether it was the VHS, DVD, or the, or the Blu-ray. And it has that collector's mentality. And you notice uh, horror fans, just like re- like pro wrestling fans, Star Wars fans, sci-fi fans, we're so used to just collecting what we love. And that's just, that was the media for so many years. So most horror fans are still going to stream, but when it comes to certain classics coming back out or being re-released on Blu-ray and then the next thing's going to be 4K, a real special you know, transformation, they're going to buy it regardless. They're not going to buy the stream. They'd rather own it. So both platforms are going to be here to stay for a while. Um, and discs, it's a little more easier because you can have anti-piracy on there. There's so much software that can screen capture uh, a streaming movie if you want to sit there for an hour and a half. Or there's also programs where you can just hack into it and directly download the physical copy through sites such as Vudu. There's a way to do that. It's very tough to do. you got to really know what you're doing. I have no clue how to do it, but it can be done. So when it comes to piracy, Blu-ray still has an edge versus streaming, hands down. But I'm sure Michael J. didn't think about that in the argument. Uh, no, because I can, I can record a streaming video if I choose. Yeah, but it's, it's different when it's a, when it's a shaky uh, cam health footage on iPhone. But it's, but it's not, though. <laughs> See, it's, Michael it's J., totally you're a killer. Not, though. Well, no, it's what you do is you have this, this screen, screen capture program, and I'll beat this, but what you do is you have this screen, screen, bleh, screen capture program that you just center it. You basically select it to record your screen, and you hit How play. about the audio? It records the audio, too. And yeah, the audio is coming out. It, it records the audio, and you play the, and you play, dude, and it looks, it's, it's Vince perfect. Is- Vince's point is the quality is not the same. But it is though. I will you know what? I'm gonna have to record something and 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 send it to you so you can see what it looks like. I'll record a little snippet of something and send it to you and you can see what it looks like. Please be it of you hanging from a noose with a chair uh tipped down. <laughs> if only. Yeah, this is always great about Mike. He, he can fire off uh, quick lines, and he has nothing. That's that's why I said it's throwing a, a wall against. No, but I had a, I had I had a sound effect of my neck breaking as soon as it. You know. That was is that what that was? Yep. Yeah, that would that wouldn't be a sound effect. We would hope that would be legit when you do it. Ah, well, let me get a chair, and I'll like see if I can tie a rope. Around Mike, you couldn't even. Head steady yourself up on the chair let's yeah, yeah, let's yeah, not yeah, get ourselves you know right. you know like better yeah why don't you just record yourself go down to uh north philly for those listening north philly's a, a very dark area as john rose would probably put it and just go up to people and say all lives matter it'll be a lot more uh a better death all, sentence for you. you said all lives matter yeah but you just have to say that to black people in the inner city they would kill it's you. a lot more exactly that's the point 
But what no, if just I, say uh, just say white lives matter. Well, no, no, no. See, I would I would go to I would I would go to a white. Well, no, if I went to a white person and said that, they would be like, "Yes, I agree with you." Wow, Mike, that's pretty racist. <laughs> Michael J, uh, showstopper. Wow. Also, when he was younger, he was known as a family portrait wrecker. Actually, we well, never we never took a family portrait. Yeah, not with you in it. They would fucking ruin it. Well, not with his family. I mean, come on, Vince. The entire family. They tried taking him a serious portrait. They go, okay, you know what? With him in there, it's an extra hundred. But without him, we won't charge you that. Right. Fucking 24 chromosome mongoloid. <laughs> I would do that. You know, it's, it's pretty bad. The Sankovich, they, they all look like they survived Chernobyl. <laughs> and somehow Mike's the uh, normal looking one out of the bunch. Really, I thought I was the worst-looking one, but okay. See, I, I always viewed the family as sloth from the Goonies, just slightly but, different. Sloth, from yeah, the sloth, from, sloth from the Goonies, but uh, less fuckable. Ah. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, it's 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 amazing that you know I exist. If you put it like that. It's amazing people still do shows with you with the fucking uh, product you've just been doing for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I try. I try to just keep... Yeah, I figured I, I call in. I call in and go, oh, yeah, Vince. Is it. So what have you been up to? You know, it's not like uh, I've been up... Yeah. You know, we could have started there, is all I'm saying. Uh, well, it'd be nice to get a word in edgewise, first off. Wow. Oh! Yes. That never happens. <laughs> exactly. I mean, as soon as Vince on, well, a, I have uh, some reverence for you, so I allow you to go. I mean, because no, I'll, I'll calm down though. I know I, I, don't, I know I come on like a, like as uh, Michael J puts in a uh, Puerto Rican uh, in a Walmart, whatever that means. But he says a lot of racist things. He really does. And no, now that we're going to be going more live, it's going to be interesting. Oh. He can't cut all his racist comments I out. Just put the microphone on my in my. Uh, my nose. <laughs> this is the part where Michael J doesn't get attention, so he has to draw it to himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and people go, "What does this right-click button do again on the X on my uh, listening device?" Oh, shit! You know how fucked up I am. I thought that was the left-click button that did that, but you're right; it is the right-click. Wow. Either way, either way, you could, you could audio gold, that. people. Audio gold. <laughs> there you go again. Audio gold. Wow, I'm glad that um, entertains you, Mike. I'm really happy to be a part of the uh, first, new, and last uh, episode of Rabbit and Rat. Yeah, I kind of agree. So, uh, Vince, you 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 want to start a new show about uh, uh, gastrointestinal issues? Uh, yeah, it'll be really good. It's just uh, it'll be a minute long, and it says I uh, get a handgun with a tow trigger in it. Probably really the best way to solve your issues. <laughs> Unless you have health insurance, they, they ain't got to make it look like an accident. So, you know, the right people get the money. Mm. It's pretty bad. That's what I have to go through when I'm looking at my fucking new health insurance. Going, How could I make it look like I didn't ram into a bus full of school children? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I figured if I'm going out, I'd do the country a favor and stop these future uh, voters. I'm not going to argue with you there. Of course, I mean, I'd be taking out the white kids. They're the stupidest ones nowadays. 
when it comes to the kids nowadays, I, I think it's pretty much just downhill, no matter what they are. I like the new trend where everybody's gender fluid. <laughs> There's parents, um, like a kid before, go, you know what, we don't know what he is. He has a genitalia, but you know what? He could get that removed. He's four. He's old enough to make decisions. Oh, God. Like, I, I don't know. Why, why don't you just do hey, Look, if you really want a gay son, just do what my uncle did. You call him a fucking faggot at the age of five. You spit on him, and then next thing you know, he's listening to Madonna and sucking black dick for the next 40 years. <laughs> True story, honestly. Uh, it's pretty bad when I'm six years old and I know what a gay guy is. <laughs> like nobody nobody likes Madonna at the age of 15 when you're a male for her music mm, guys no. back then would buy the fucking cassettes throw away the cassette and jerk off to the album cover <laughs> Mike anything you want to stop on that one too uh, no actually I'm trying to like let you speak I was looking on Facebook for a second Yo! yeah he's zoned out He's not even he paying attention no, to us. He has no friend request again. No. no. I was hoping it was a Grim Reaper. DVD. The final season of Lou Grant. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, Lou Grant. This is good for your 80 and over demographic. Mm. Who don't? Who accidentally downloaded this and thought it was Lou Dobbs. Mm. Lou oh. Dobbs, for all these out there, he's a is conservative it, uh, talk I, show guy. I thought he was on, like, Fox or something. I, I, I don't bad. know any of this shit you guys are talking about currently. That's, that's unfortunate. We'll, we'll get it back to things that John knows. What do you think about the new Grand Wizard of the Clan? Do you think it's a good go or, uh, or not a good go? Um, when it comes to the Grand Wizard, I mean, it's really just a figurehead position, in my opinion. So, I, I mean, as long as you got a good presence. <laughs> now, wait a second. Do you have, I don't wait, wait, wait. You say Grand Wizard? Is that like the wizard from the Wizard of Oz where you go and you're like, you know, uh, I don't have a heart. I need a heart. I need courage. And I need what What? What else did they fucking... Oh, a brain. I need the brain. I'm the scarecrow. Although in, in preschool when we did the Wizard of Oz, I was the tin man in a box covered with aluminum foil. So, John, how's the weather out in Pittsburgh? Man? It's still a little bit cold. We're around 40 degrees here in, uh, in the Bucks County part, uh, more close to the Philadelphia area. Uh, actually, Mike's it's... so bad uh, we're doing weather breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually still pretty warm here, too. Uh, last time I checked, it was uh, mid-40s. It's good. It's how everybody adjusts to the weather. You get to 10 degrees below, and then it reaches 20, and everybody's like, oh, man, it's great. It's how quickly some people are so stupid. All you need is that one day of horribleness. You know, yeah. It's the greatest thing in the world. Let's try to make things uncomfortable. John, how long have you been with your girlfriend now? You're at the point where you're going to have to put a ring on that, right? Uh, well, it's been shit. Uh, four and a half years. Have we reached the halfway point already? No fucking way. No, March is a halfway point, fucker. Sure, Mike. Okay. Because it was September, wasn't it? Are you, like, stalking me now? or No, but I remember you said in September that it was, like, a, a year point. So, or was it? Yeah, so then September, so then six months would be... Months. Mike, you're killing anything with trivial shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's a... Do, do, do you guys talk about... Oh, you're living together. 
Yes. That's always. How long have you been living together now? Uh, about two years. Okay, so you, so you survived. Yes. It's really three months is really the, the make or break if you live with a girl. And uh, I lived I with agree. a girl. I was twenty one, and it was a half time, like part time living together. She'd be there half the time, like three days out of the week, sometimes four. Because uh, she, she lived in Philly. It was about a 20-mile you know, distance. Anyway, I could, you know, after a week, I go, I can't fucking do this. That's what I know. <laughs> and that's, I'm a young guy. So I wanted something. Like, I was going to have my own place. And I was down home. Somebody, I want to have a girlfriend. Why don't you just come on in? Which is always, because what was great about that, that's when I had discovered cheating for the first time. <laughs> Which is really, um, I'm fucking ballsy. I cheated on, I had a, and I know you're not like that because you don't have emotional problems like I do. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's the best part when you, when you move in together. The kind of differences you have, like you already, it doesn't matter if you're together five years and you move in. When you move in is when you know the real, true fucking differences. Did right. you at least give her a little space? Like, this, you can decorate the place, whatever. I'm going to put up my fucking hatchet poster. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the key is having your own individualized spaces. Or it just, it gets maddening. It depends on the plane, the size of the place, and these are things, by the way, Mike will never experience it with. Uh, that's the no. topic of today's show. Um, next up is walking without a limp. Um, but when you're, that's when it's, it's like that's that's why I said the next step is the. There's like the after a couple years together, especially if you're living in for two years. There's no romantic way of bringing up marriage at that point. It's just either. So when do you want to do this or not? <laughs> that's what it comes down to. There's no fucking, or she comes in with a something that looks like a, a thermometer with a plus sign on it, and you go, "Oh fuck!" And that's the other time you know you're going to have to get married. I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I honestly, I, I'm not sure what I would do in that situation. Would you kill her and bury her in the backyard? I would be more likely to kill you, Michael. Yeah, but what, yeah. you know... You, and bury you in the problem. backyard? Seriously? Come on. You have yeah, to be more creative than I that. I let you keep the femur. Now I want yeah, my Mike, <clears throat> Mike apparently has never uh, fucked a stripper who and then you had to pay $200 for her to get an abortion. <laughs> Mike hasn't lived that fucking crazy lifestyle. Here, Mike, let, let me explain mm-hmm. it to you. Yeah, please do, because I'm trying to understand it. I would kill you, and then I would take you into the National Forest, which happens to be quite convenient to my location. So you would take my corpse? Yes. Okay. Now, there are trees that fall over there with the roots exposed. Right. You dig a little hole. I would toss your corpse in. I'd put some uh, lime on top of that, cover it, and then I would take a convenient chainsaw, Mm -hmm. cut the tree. The roots would tip back over, covering you. And no more Michael J. So there wouldn't be a Michael J. tree that grows in its place. No, it'd be a dead tree that was looked like it was standing the entire time, and somebody cut it down. Oh, I see. With you and under the roots. Oh. That's how yeah, you get away I, with murder. I would do it differently. I would kill Mike. I drive him to the welfare office, bring his body in, and go, "You're welcome." <laughs> 
and they all applaud because they don't have to cut him a check every month. Ah, that's yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, I definitely get away with it because like, oh, thank God. Yeah, and then they just toss him in the dumpster. <laughs> I would hope for that. I don't want to be buried in the ground. I don't think that's scary. No, no, no ground. So, so what? You're going to be cremated? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying. I, I mean, Can he be stuffed? No. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, want well, that what other options do we have here, Michael? Well, you know what? Maybe cremation is the best. Or maybe, maybe I would. Actually, you know what? That's what I want. Somebody's got to uh, take my ashes to St. Paul, France. No one, no one you know is going to do that for and you. Scatter them where Donald's ashes were scattered. I think that's got to happen. Yeah, they, they've gone away by now. They're gone. It's, uh, it's been uh, twenty-three years now. Yeah, but it's I'm up long, on twenty-three years, right? Um, twenty-four. Uh, Who well, cares? Shit, he's fucking dead. Yeah, Actually, Mike's the best. Oh my god, it's is... coming up in about another month. It'll be. It will be twenty-three years. Holy shit! We are not doing a special. Oh my god, we've never done one for Rabbit and Red. I think it's time. Yeah, we've we done one every time there's a show. It was, that, was my, that was my longest joke that nobody ever figured. It wasn't a joke, but it was just, can anybody figure it out? I purposely would bring up Halloween on every show. On purpose. Well, of course. How could you not bring I, up Halloween? I just kept it as just a running thing. Like, I'm just going to bring this up every time. See if anybody ever picks up on it. Then, then you realize you have to get a, a lot of listeners to uh, pick up on that. They have to be consistent. I don't think anyone ever caught on to that. In, in fact, I I never caught on to that. Yeah, I just made sure every time. I was going to somehow shoehorn in a Halloween reference. Somehow. Just, um, and I, if I can remember correctly, uh, I think they, they were all seamless. It all, you know, fit. It all found a way in. I knew it mainly because you told me you were going to do it. I don't think I ever uh, told you that I was doing this running thing. It just I might have said, "Ah, yeah, the next thing we'll probably going to talk about this." So, so what is what is uh, Rabbit and Red now? Uh, is it uh, once a week, twice a week? I think it's going to be more biweekly, just because of my work schedule. Uh, That's what, it, I'm sorry, interrupt real quick, Mike. Work is when people leave the house. Yes, and they uh, they go to a, they go to another place. True, and uh, usually for about eight hours, sometimes ten, depending on their profession. Sometimes it's fourteen. Yes, and at the end of the week, they receive um, a little. Uh, it's usually I don't know four by seven, couple numbers on it. When oh. I get these, the uh, I got I, sometimes I get four, sometimes even five numbers before the decimal point. What about direct um, deposit though? But there's also direct deposit nowadays too. Yes. Um, Correct. So. That's what I'm, I'm kidding. Well, there's no paper involved <laughs> with that, so. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm. I'm laying in bed, banged up, wearing fucking adult diapers, and this guy. This guy has decent enough health. There's. There's. There's no fucking. There's no justice in the world. Well, no. No. That. Karma last, is not a real last, thing. The last two days, I took a dump. I had to use a plunger. Yeah. Well, you're, you're supposed to use it in the toilet, not up there. Well, no, I used no, I used it on the toilet, but I, it's like I had to use an actual plunger. Oh, did, did you have to part? do digital extraction first, Michael? Um, oh no, 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 there no digits were up there. Do you still do you still smoke, sir, or have you given that up? I quit three years ago. 
it's wow. been three years already. I for, oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm doing the electric shit. I forgot. That's right. Yeah, I still do that. It's fun. I usually do uh, no nicotine because I, I like the taste of it. And, I was you know, I was so used uh, to you at Jacket going outside and smoking for a bit and then coming back in. Yeah, it was great. Uh, 2007, I got hit with uh, when I got hit with leukemia. You remember how bad I was back then? I, I kept losing weight. Nobody knew what it was. You were a svelte um, young gentleman yeah. there. <laughs> And what's great about this, John, back then, uh, the comics, they were talking like, secretly. They wouldn't tell me, but everybody thought I had AIDS <laughs> 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 because I was losing so much weight. But I fucked so many whores. <laughs> so everybody thought it was AIDS. Boy, if you like, had AIDS, like, a lot of people would be dead, yeah. <laughs> there would be, I'll tell you this much, there would be a lot less single mothers around. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Get it? Cause, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, back then I got hit with leukemia, and um, briefly. Uh, when I say briefly, they go stage one. It's still on my chart to this day, which screws my healthcare up. But um, I was never shocked by it because when I was in the hospital, they yeah you know, they test. They didn't know it was wrong with me. I was losing weight. Uh, everything's not going well, and I do a bunch of tests. And one doctor comes in. And he says, okay, we've narrowed it down. Uh, there's two that we're looking, we have to do three more series of tests. And I said, well, what are the two possibilities? Well, one is, and he says, I, I, he says HIV, but he gives the, he says out the full, you know, right. of it. And I go, fuck. And as in the second, it, it could be acute leukemia. But we're going to do, so do more tests. Hours roll, go by. I, they get the results back. A new doctor comes in with the results. It's, it's still early, but this is what we're very accurate in saying. This is what it is based on the blah, blah, blah. He goes, you have stage one acute leukemia. And I go, oh, thank God. And he looked puzzled. And I said, well, the first doctor thought it could have been AIDS. And he still looked puzzled. <laughs> so that's why I, I didn't give a shit about having leukemia for less than seven months from what it turned out to be. So that's like, you know, I say like, oh yeah, I had that, but it's like it's still nothing to me. I could have had AIDS. Like, you, I get yeah. stuck on leukemia, and I did. You can get sympathy sex with leukemia. Nobody's looking at you when you have HIV, let alone share a soda with you with your cock. <laughs> like that was the only thing going through my mind. I'm 25, going, well, I could, I could still get it up, but I, like leukemia is not an STD, so I'm good. Like that's where my priorities were. <laughs> Oh, of course, that's understandable. Nice to know you had your priorities straight, Vince. Yeah, and now with, um, do, do you want me to, uh, should I go in the brief thing? I'm not going to go into everything while I'm taking time I, away. If you feel like it, go for it. I mean, this is I, this is your audience. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be a guy going, well, I also have a GoFundMe page. Now, fuck that. I still, you know, I, I still, I still work. Um, yeah, while well, my health's not good, uh, issue with uh, complications of Crohn's and uh, I got one more plan left and if that works then I should be back to normal and get what I have on called fistulas you know, on the left side of my back cheek so I got a bunch of draining cetons coming out of there uh, it makes life very uncomfortable so if this works, I'm good. If it doesn't, then I'm going to have to get a ostomy bag for the rest of my life. They're going to have to remove my anus and colon. Oof. So that's where I'm at. 
Which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a nice 15-month ride. It's been great. I had a, uh, uh, professionally, work-wise, things have been great while I've been sick. Uh, Personal life was a little bit of a roller coaster for about a day and a half. When I had my girlfriend, I said, I'm never going to leave you because I love you. And and she left when I gave her the the really bad news, uh, which I'm going through now. And it only lasted, like, less, it honestly lasted a couple hours because I already went through that kind of breakup before. But right. really what pissed, what pissed me off was at first going, yeah, you promised me you're going to be there. And then I you know, thought, you know what? I'm pretty special. I gave a fucking fat girl confidence. So that's pretty good. <laughs> but it's not the first time I dropped a penny and I'm going to pick up a dime anyway. So well, it's pretty fucking bad when somebody's 230 pounds and they, who's maybe at the best of six. I was with her for personality reasons, but, uh, so yeah, it's a little bit of a, like, fuck, is this what it is? Like, I can't even, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I went through that, but all that stuff, it's, uh, it's actually for the better. Just, I like the adversity, but when it came to the show and all that, I can't do something consistently. I can't, you know, why do it? So that's why I really wanted you, John, to, to do rabbit and red it made the most sense well as soon as you contacted me about that i I was i was honestly taken back i never expected that Uh, i kind of assumed once you stepped away it would just fade away but oh god no i'm not one of those where it's like i just want something to keep going um yeah i don't think i made it i think honestly what it was it was mike myself and alex actually did add more stuff to eat really what he contributed was uh adding like put thought into producing it into production and at the time me and him didn't see eye to eye on that now we do you know it's all you know all forgave forgotten about um but that's what it was it was just something to do for fun right and it turned into something more uh by mistake and yeah, it was a fun little ride for a short time, and then after that, I was just like, I'm just going to keep doing this for fun. But it was it was fun when it was there, when you know when you were on at the time a, a horror site that people actually responded to each show, and which was actually good for me because the bottom line to why I was doing a podcast back in 2010, I. I became a pussy with stand-up. I didn't believe myself anymore, so I didn't want to step on a stage, but I needed a microphone. And I needed to be creative. And that actually, that show really helped me find my balls again when I came back to doing stand-up religiously up until last, you know, late 2016 when I had to take time off. I got back on stage. I was, I was, I was the best at what I did because of doing a podcast for so long, as weird as that may be, because you're not in front of a live audience. But I was just, I, I learned to talk and be myself and not think. And so, like, that's, that's why it kind of means something to me that it's, you know, like it keeps going. Because I was pivotal. Because comedy, I said it before, comedy is my wife. Podcasting was a side girl. The side girl gets pizza. The wife gets a diamond ring and a steak dinner. <laughs> not that I disrespect you know, or I didn't think think what I was doing was worth it, it was but by nature it's comedy I'd rather talk into a microphone with people there 
reacting better or for worse. But but doing a horror show and interviewing people that really helped me a lot. That's why I'm glad it's 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 still going. But I, I should get going, guys. I, I fucking took up an hour of your time, and you're doing a show. I just wanted to say I do hope it goes well. And uh, I'll call back in, but uh, you know, down the line, but a little more briefly. Uh, but I I wish you guys nothing but success for John, Mike. You know, I'll be sending you notes on how to improve. Yes, as you should, sir. But I do appreciate it. I look forward to uh, listening to the show, not the part that I'm on, but the rest of it. But seriously, guys, thank you so much. No, thank you, Vince. And uh, thanks for, for calling in, man. It's my pleasure, seriously. All right, Mike, let's uh, let's take a little break here, and then uh, let's uh, come back and close this out. Well, before we go to the break, let me just actually uh, intro real quick. Um, as you know, Alex was a part of the show in the early days. And uh, we don't really see eye to eye now, or I don't see eye to eye with him. But there was a contribution that he made to the show that um, is probably one of the best bits that I think he ever produced. And I would still, to this day, never do anything like this myself just because I don't have the ability to do it. But um, here's a little um, history of Rabbit and Red. Our security cameras picked up a private conversation with Rabbit and Red Radio's Alex and Dr. Sam Loomis. Listen in. Oh, Dr. Loomis, just the guy I wanted to see. It's Alex. Can I, can I talk to you for a minute? No. But Dr. Loomis, it, it's Alex, the co-host of Rabbit and Red Radio. Oh, I didn't recognize you. Yeah, uh, I get that a lot. Listen, um, I really like being on the show, but just Things really aren't going so well for me on it right now. You ever done anything like this before? No, I mean, when I was asked to be a co-host with Mike and Vince, uh, I really didn't have any experience on the radio. Why wasn't I notified? Well, uh, I was, you know, I have other experience with horror. I mean, I ran a successful message board for six years. I'm still running it, and, um, you know, I know horror pretty well, and um, I just figured I'd get the hang of it after a few shows. What more do you need? What, so now you agree with everyone else that Mike and Vince are the only enjoyable parts of the show? Yes. You think I'm lying? Well, no. I just have the feeling that there are other people out there who like me on the show. You have the wrong feeling. Well, none of us did radio before we started this show, so what makes them so much better than me? Maybe someone around here gave him lessons. <laughs> well, I could have been better if I had lessons, too. Could have. Yes, dude, I need promotion. I mean, from the, the looks of our feedback, half these people don't even know I'm on the show. Maybe nobody knows. Oh, good. Nice photo of uh, confidence. I mean, didn't, didn't you tell the fans of the show that I'm an asset to the show and that I get your endorsement? If you said it, the fans would believe it. I told everybody! Nobody listened. Yeah, well, since none of the fans ever mentioned me in the positive feedback, Justin's thinking of cutting me loose. Hey, what happened when you told him how much you liked me on the show? He just got up and walked away. Well, yeah, well, Vince can't do the show without me. It would be boring if I wasn't there. What, just those two talking back and forth? It would never work. He was doing very well last night! What? They recorded another show without me? Yes. Son of a bitch. Why'd he send you down here? Well, they said they're having a big meeting about the direction of the show. So they asked me to leave. I, 
I, I just don't get it. I mean, they picked up our show with me on it. They must have liked me then. What the fuck happened? Someone should have listened to me earlier. The staff was unprepared. They didn't know. Know what? Listen to you? I thought you told them good things about me. You believe that? Oh, that's great, Dr. Loomis. You know what? Screw you, man. I mean, you're not that great at your job either. You didn't exactly kill Michael, did you? Huh? You're a failure. If you say so. So you said I sucked on the show? Is that what you said to him? As a matter of fact, it was. Whatever. I'm gonna fight my hardest to stay on the show. Leave those people in peace. No. I'm gonna stay on and bring the show down. God damn you. Screw you! And Justin, he never even gave me time to get comfortable on the air. He waited with extraordinary patience. Oh, three whole weeks? That's patience to you? Yes. Look, I'm sorry. I overreacted. But people will start liking me on the show too, man. Give it time. I want to believe you, but I gotta be sure. Oh, what's the big deal? What do you think, people are gonna stop listening because I won't leave? I'm sure I will. Oh, come on, dude. Look how much further the show's come since I've been there. We've come no further. Well, if that's how you feel, I feel sorry for you then. Don't feel sorry for me. Oh, what? You feel sorry for the poor listeners who have to endure me? The years before they forget this. Oh, yeah, years before they forget, because it's so traumatizing to listen to me. You know what, Loomis? Oh, wait, hold on. I just got a text. Oh, it's, it's Justin. He just texted me. He said, Alex, I think the listeners will eventually come around. He wants to keep me on the show. No! 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, we have Paige Troxel. Um, you may not know her name. However, if you are a fan of the horror genre or more specifically Nightmare on Elm Street, I bet you've heard of her new project, Fred Heads. So she has decided to grace us with her presence and uh, kind of inform us 
a little bit about that and why you should be interested. So, Paige, thank you so much for uh, coming on. No, thank you guys for having me. It's it's my pleasure. That was a great introduction. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, really, what what kind of inspired this uh, this this project, this documentary? So, I um, I've been a cosplayer for years, and I've gotten to travel around to different conventions with my friends and. We've gotten to meet a bunch of people in the horror community, specifically in the Nightmare on Elm Street community. And everybody is kind of bonded over these films because they see it as like a survival story. And so like the Never Sleep Again documentary came out and it was amazing and brilliant. And it told all of the behind the scenes stories and featured all the actors and stuff. And it made me kind of wish that there was a story that told the fan side of the story and why, you know, this, this franchise has really changed our lives. And so I had always kind of thought about it and always thought about the idea. And then I saw another fandom documentary and it totally inspired me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what we need. We need Fred heads. So that's how the idea was formed. <coughs> And so from there, um, I approached our production company and then our co-producing company, which is Northgate Pictures. And everybody just loved the idea. And we started filming. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually have a a pretty uh, large attachment to the franchise just besides your fandom, correct? I do. Um, So I am the writer and director of Don't Fall Asleep, the untold story of Nancy Thompson. And it stars DeAndre Laser and Chad Hewitt, but it's voiced over by Heather Lagenkamp. Now that's a hell of an accomplishment right there. (laughs) (laughs) It it was. Thank you. Um, It it was my love letter to the fans of Nancy, to the fans of Wes, and uh, to the fans of Nightmare. It was like a, a big thank you to a community that like embraces all of us. So uh, now I know with your documentary Fred heads, um, not only are you focusing on kind of uh, fandom, but you, you, you also get uh, some, some interviews with cast members and people involved with the project as well. Correct. We do. Um, we've approached a lot of the nightmare stars. We've, been filming for a year and so we've traveled the country just any any chance that we can um pulse checking with the nightmare stars and and we've done some really great short interviews with them we've done some long interviews our last interview that we just did was with robert wrestler and he was so incredibly sweet and so incredibly fun and he's like let's go like let's let's go find a room and he's like let's just chat for a while so that's what we did we just went and found a room and sat in there and turned the cameras on and we just talked and it was probably a good half hour and um it just we talked about the importance of the community and stuff and and he just was so much fun to interview but we're so gracious that the nightmare stars are are receptive to to us and to the community and to letting us film them well you you mentioned the community there twice um really what would you say sets the community of, well, Fredheads apart from other franchises? 
You know what? So, so I always say this, and I think I've already said it about how this film is a survival story. And so everyone thinks it's like a typical slasher if you haven't seen it, but if you watch it and you watch it with like really opened eyes, you'll see that it's about survival. It's about finding yourself and realizing in the end, you're all that you have, you know, no, nobody's going to help you. Nobody's going to protect you. You just have yourself. And so a lot of the people in the community feel that way. And through social media and through conventions, they've been able to connect with each other and realize that they're not alone and that they don't have to deal with these feelings and they can make friends and they can find their group of people that they can call home. And I feel like with Nightmare, we have the strongest fandom community because a lot of it has to do with like, like the love of Nightmare because Nightmare in itself stands out. You know, Robert England played Freddie and he was so charismatic and had personality and wasn't just some guy in a mask walking around chasing a girl and her hiding in the closet. It really had this this message and it really sticks with people. And I think that that's why the the fandom is so strong. Even 30 plus years later, we're still talking about it. And so I think that online... Um, particularly social media, it really allows people to just from all over the world connect and talk and share their stories. And then they all meet up at these conventions and I call them like the adult summer camp for horror nerds. (laughs) (laughs) So like we all get to go away for three days and just be with our people and then go back to our regular lives. And, And in our regular lives, nobody has any clue that we're all obsessed with this, this franchise. Uh, you actually have some excellent points there that uh, really I, I appreciate. Um, now, I'm just curious, do you dive into any of that in the documentary? Because I unfortunately have not yet seen it. Um, now, do, do you get into any of the issues of, of uh, the fans and how they, they find solace in this franchise? We do. So when we originally started the documentary, um, we sat down and we started filming Jeremy Todd Moorhead, who is the star of the film. And we were on vacation and we just were like, hey, let's just film you in your man cave and your collections. And we had no clue what was going to come of it. So we filmed him. And then as we've been filming on for the past year, the story has kind of shifted. So now it's following a group of friends and they together are kind of exploring why the fandom is so important to the fans and to the community. So we were at um, the Scarefest this past year and we had a table, we were appearing and a bunch of fans would come up and they just would share their story and they would talk about it. And a lot of them were talking about how it has helped them overcome bullying. A lot of them have talked about how it's overcome addiction one girl said that she got into, you know, fitness and, and got really healthy because she saw, you know, Rick Johnson and he was super healthy. And it's just so crazy what each person takes from the films and from the characters. But we definitely delve into that and explore a lot of why it means so much to people. That's kind of the whole point of the documentary is, is how this documentary has changed so many people's lives. And that's excellent because that that's the interesting part to me. I mean, obviously, I'm a horror nerd, as is most people listening to this. But the interesting fact is 
diving into how our love of the genre in certain franchises actually affect us. And I'm so glad that you actually are taking the time to dive into that. I, I'm just somewhat curious um, with hopefully the success of this. Would you ever be curious of diving into the genre as a whole or different uh, franchises? <coughs> I apologize. Um, you know, honestly, my love for Nightmare is so strong and I feel like I don't really know a lot of the other genres as much. I've seen Halloween a few times, but it really scares me so bad that like I can't watch it all the way through. I think it's the music that really freaks me out. So I don't, unfortunately, like I don't know a whole lot of the other fandoms just because I'm so obsessed with Nightmare. But I, I definitely would love to. I'd love to start learning more about the different communities and learning more about the different films. And um, I, I would love to do that. We've got a bunch of people on, on our team who are huge um, Halloween fans and huge Friday the 13th fans. And, and I think it would be great for one of them to helm it and them to move into that. And then I just be on the team and kind of help them. See that that would, in my opinion, would be the the perfect sequel. Not only that, but also from your perspective of getting to learn about these other franchises and how, not only how it's affected them, but why. Right. I don't know. Just, just another thing that piques my interest. Sorry. <laughs> it is no. I love it. Listen, I I after we did Don't Fall Asleep, I was so burnt out and I was so. It was so much um, media and so much attention was put on us and just the filming process itself and editing process for, for however long we did. It was, it was so straining. And I was like, I don't know if I ever want to do another project again. And then, <laughs> um, and then Redheads came along. And this past year, it really has just made me realize that I love doing this. I love behind the scenes. I love seeing people's stories. I love the documentary style. I, I love traveling and getting to interact with everybody. It's totally different than being on a soundstage and set and, and filming actors and directing them. And it's totally different because you get to really interact with people and really get more of a, a natural reaction. So I would love to continue making documentaries and we've got tons of ideas and stuff, but right now Fred Heads is just our main focus. Of course, and you're you're saying you love the documentary style. Just being curious, out of Fred Heads, what really stands out to you? Um, interview or or just a personal story? Like, has there been an interview or a personal story that stands out? Yeah, um, that's what I was getting okay, at. Sorry. So, <laughs> so we are filming Jeremy Todd Moorhead. We're filming Anthony Brownlee and DeAndre Laser, and they are the three main cast and. When I went to film Anthony's story, I'd been friends with Anthony for years. And um, I always knew that like he had like an interesting story just because he's friends with so many of the Nightmare stars. And, and we go to these conventions and literally every single person from fans to people sweeping the floor to the stars themselves and their handlers, they all know his name and they all like hug him. And it's a crazy thing. So I went to his house and we had been friends for years and I went to his house and I stayed there for the weekend and got to like know his mom and, and really see like where he came from and, and his life. And in the first night there, we were, you know, just talking in general and um, he opened up to me and he told me his life story and I started crying and, and I told him, I said, Anthony, I said, this is the reason why we're doing this documentary. Your story is the story that 
relates to so many people and needs to be told. I, I had no clue that he was severely bullied his entire life. And I don't want to give up too much of the information because it's like a really powerful thing in our documentary. Of course. But he was bullied to the point like that he had no friends and he would um, be bullied all day at school and he would come home and be upset for an hour and wipe his tears and clean himself up and his mom would then get home like an hour later and she had no clue so he like struggled in silence his whole life and for him he had no friends so he started watching horror movies and he started watching a nightmare on elm street and to him nancy thompson became his best friend and so these these films taught him how to overcome a struggle and overcome you know overcome what was going on in his life and then cut to 20 something years later he's like a rock star at these conventions and friends with all of these nightmare stars who like absolutely adore him and and just love him so much and and one thing that really stands out to me there obviously that's a great story but I, i think it's very interesting how so many uh of us adoring the genre kind of have similar backgrounds where we're an outcast in some way, shape or form. And, and once again, I, I'm so glad that you're diving into that. Uh, that's, that's an amazing aspect. No, thank you. I agree. I, that's kind of similar to my story. I was also bullied my whole life. I was always overweight and always nerdy. And I, I just was super bullied my, my whole life. And I've really realized through doing this documentary, so many of us have, and so many of us connect on that level. We, we were that kid who was tormented. And now we found a group of people who aren't going to torment us. And we all stick together. And it's, it's like the true, like, it gets better type story. And, and I love it. I, I, I knew the second he told me that, that that was a huge thing we had to explore in the documentary. And then hearing the fan stories, you know, them coming up to us and even before I started filming this documentary, I was kind of thrust into the light of the nightmare world. The The cosplay community is, is pretty big in the nightmare community. And so I um, do Jennifer Caulfield from Dream Warriors. Like, where okay. like, my head is through the Freddy TV and stuff. Right. And so people like would like come up to us at, at a convention and just even tell us, like, this film changed my life. And you, And here I'm just a cosplayer, you know. And so they're they're telling me all this stuff, and and I just really want to explore that and tell people's stories in this documentary. And it, it's very compelling. Um, and you say it's uplifting. So I, I'm actually really looking forward to this. Uh, do we have a release date yet, or where are we, we at with the documentary? We don't. So so initially we wanted it to be done, filmed, edited, everything before. Um, the women in horror festival in August, because I wanted to submit it there because our, even though our production team is mixed male and female, this project is directed by a female and our producing team is a lot of female driven producers. So I wanted to um, try and submit it to that film festival, but then we filmed in October and we set up everything and we realized that we wanted to continue to film, that we wanted to get even more stories. We wanted to share everybody's stories. And 
And we wanted to give people another chance to, to come to a convention and, and share their story. So right now we're, we're working on approaching another convention to go there to have the fans come. So with that, it's pushing the filming through this year. So I think that we're, our plan is we're going to film until the end of September this year. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, we, well, we've also got other interviews lined up that, that because of the success of everything, people started contacting us. Um, big people started contacting us saying, hey, I'm the director of this huge movie. I'd love to take part. And I, I can't say who, but there's right. a, lot of, a lot of people that have reached out to us that have really just kind of blown my mind. And so this next year, our plan is to travel to them to to film their interviews and talk about how it's it's changed their lives. And so we're going to film until the end of September, and then I'm going to take a month off, and then we're going to start editing. So me and the director of photography, Jason Delgado, um, and the co-producer, Kim Gunzinger, we're going to sit in a room and we're going to start going through all the footage and we're going to start lining things up and we're going to start editing. And so hopefully it'll be done by the end of the year. That, that's awesome. Um, well, you, you say you're going to try and keep filming going to different conventions. Just being curious, where can people find out where you're going to be? So right now, if they go to facebook.com slash fredheadsdoc, that's where we have all of our information. We update it daily. We, we are constantly putting videos out of updating things, fun little teasers. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter, and it's fredheadsdoc uh, globally all around. Um, and right now, like I said, we're working on another convention appearance, and it's in the super early early stages of it. And so we're hoping to have like a, another table and another filming location where, where the fans can come and, and sit and just share their story. Wow. So, uh, yeah, everyone out there that is actually interested, make sure you check out the Facebook page and follow up because hopefully, uh, you can take part. Um, is there any information you'd like to give out there before we let you go? Um, we are doing two current promotions right now. So, so one of our promotions is, is we're allowing fans to submit their story. So we have um, an email set up and a specific set of guidelines set up that you can find at our Facebook page where they can literally sit in their home with their cell phone and film their story and submit it to us so we can use it in the documentary. Because obviously we can't get to people in other countries or other states that we can't travel to. So that's an important thing that we want the fans to know that everyone has the same opportunity with being able to be in our documentary and share their story. And then the other thing is, is we launched our Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign this week. And so that is, um, you can go to Indiegogo.com and just search Fred Head's documentary and it'll pop up. We were pretty excited um, that we were featured on their their front page for a couple days, and we were trending on Google News for three days, and and so it was pretty exciting. So we're we're just hoping that people like and share and all that stuff. Of course, and uh, what are a couple of the perks that are currently out there? The perks are so cool. So um, my my favorite perk somebody bought already, um, but it was the Dream Warriors Nightmare on Elm Street house, the paper mache house. Oh, wow. Two, yeah, it was put to scale. Um, it was custom made for our documentary, and then it was signed by Robert England. And so somebody got that right away. That was the first perk somebody bought. But the other perks are just really cool things like our sunglasses. Everybody loves our Fred Head sunglasses. 
So we have a perk there with like a digital download. We have the standard like DVD download. We have t-shirts, coffee mugs. We also have one of a kind replicas. The cool thing we have right now is Robert England um, was given an award and it was right after uh, Freddy's Revenge came out. He was awarded this thing for, for having the highest grossing sales of home box office. Um, sales and so this award sat in his office for years and um, we now have the the award and we're giving that away as one of the perks so somebody yeah somebody actually has the chance to like get robert england's award as as a perk and then we have like a limited edition freddy glove that was built for our documentary just all sorts of cool stuff you'd have to you'd have to go over there but there's there's tons of fun stuff everything is you know, scaled from affordability. We have a $5 perk all the way up to a $2,500 perk. And that $2,500 perk is the ultimate fan experience. And that one is we're going to fly a fan out, pay for their hotel, pay for their food, allow them to be a part of filming, share their story in the documentary and hang out with the cast of Fred Heads and possibly some of the stars of Nightmare um, at like a dinner or something. So so we've got some fun things for, for people. Yeah, it definitely seems like it. If I had a bit more money, I know which one I would be going for, but not right there now. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing this. And thank you so much for really this documentary and exploring fandom. And not only that, but pushing documentaries and uh, to be more inclusive where anyone can with their cell phones and everything. That's great. I've never heard of that. So. Well, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was my pleasure. And um, I hope that we get to see you guys at a convention and maybe you can come share your story. Absolutely. I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it. Send Rick and Danny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the visual screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud too? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Helming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now.
You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking two? Electric boogaloo? Samurai cop? Army of darkness? Flash dance? (laughs) (laughs) We might destroy the planet if it's flash dance. So you ready, Michael? I'm always ready. Yep. All right, then. So let's uh, discuss 2017, Mike. What, what happened to you in 2017? Come on, buddy. Ugh. Well, um, more uh, taking care of the homestead, as we did uh, discuss in the um, earlier segment with uh, Vince here. Yeah, and we'll we'll dive into that at a later point. Is, yes, it's all it's all fun and games. Um, well, <laughs> not so much games or fun, but still. Um, let's see. Uh, I decided that I was going to give up on the whole being a filmmaker thing. And that's a fucking big deal for you. Uh, yeah, and I mean, because that's how you identified for ever. A friend of mine just contacted me on Facebook, and we've been tight for over 20 years since we were, like, in the sixth grade. And he was, like, really big into the whole film thing. We were going to, like, that was our our dream to, like, do the whole film thing and all that stuff. But women got in the way. So I hadn't talked to him for, um, you know, like months or whatever because the one movie that I was going to make he was involved with and we had a falling out because uh, like I said he just other things came up and he did that and kind of like abandoned the film so now he wants to try to I guess talk to me and he's got you know he's married now he's got a kid and twins on the way and he just sent me a friend request on Facebook um and he messaged me on Facebook, and he's been texting me, and I still, I just haven't responded. And I think it's because, and this is me getting, like, really real here for a second. I, I, I think it's because um, there's a part of me that is really kind of upset because I feel that if we would have continued that the path that we were on and he would have, you know, put the effort forth to finish the film that we were working on, um, which was the Handicap Parking Project back in 2009. Uh, I I had it all scheduled out already. The script was all done. We were ready to go. And if he would have finished, he bought a camera just for us to shoot the thing. And instead of keeping the camera until we could finish it, he got rid of it before we could 
finish it and we couldn't finish it because any time that I had set to film something came up with a woman so <laughs> he just was not available so I, I think that part of me just can't talk to him now because I feel that um, I don't know I want a better life and I, I think that not being able to finish that project kind of you know really that, that's... chances it's something better so it's like I can't anytime I think about him and he's married you know with the kids and the wife and it's like that's something that I would have wanted at some point and now it's like I don't have it and I don't really have anything to offer anyone so or at least that's the feeling in my head so that's why I don't you know, it's just, it's hard for me to try to approach him because I don't, and anytime I try to bring this up, he'll say to me, well, you know, you didn't give me a script or you didn't give me a schedule. I had all that stuff. He just didn't pay attention to it. And it's just, you know, and it's just like since then, uh, the film shit is just going downhill and it's like the one thing, the one constant that I really wanted to do in my life and it's like, it's just not working out. So I just, I can't, I'm figuring instead of just trying to pursue it, why even worry anymore? And why even worry about talking to him if I know that it's just going to bring up all these feelings in my head that I just don't want to deal with. And you know if if it's at that point, Mike, where it's just stressing you, I, I completely agree, man. And you know, as much as it saddens me to hear that that about you giving up on the film, it, it's <sighs> there is no positive, man. It's heartbreaking, and I know that feeling because I've been there. Yeah. I mean. You and I have had hour-long conversation, hour after hour of planning and stuff we could do and just uh, daydreaming, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah. And, you know, when you come to the realization that you're a 9-to-5 regular Joe asshole, it kind of sucks. Yeah, because, you know, it's almost like I feel like anything... You know, any ambition towards film that I've I've had in life is, is just gone. And I think that, you know, um, with the, the podcasting and all, and like months ago with things going on, I think all of this just kind of like hit. And it just took me a while to just process it. Honestly, I still haven't fully dealt with it. There, there's days when I'm just like... You know, what am I doing? I'm just, I'm going to just, I'm going to just die one day and I'm not going to have anything. Like, I'm just, there, 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 there's nothing. Well, well, here, the, the life you have it is really built off the memories you make, Mike. And, you know, not many of us leave a lasting legacy, like a film career and you know 
letting go of that, I mean, we may come to the acceptance that we're never going to be the next Adam Green or Steven Spielberg or Toby Hooper or who the fuck ever, but we, we, we will always have that passion. We will always have that drive. And, you know, coming for, for myself, really coming to a better understanding of how the film industry works and especially now how it operates, that's what really killed it for me. But that um, that's a shitty 2017, Mike. Yeah, basically. I don't know. I hope yours was, was better because you say that there's still passion or ambition for for it but I can guarantee you on my end I don't have it it's totally gone and and mine comes in in you know spurts it's not all the time it's just sometimes you know I'll I'll watch something or I'll be walking and something will just pop in my head but I, I have inspiration for ideas and stuff like that like most of the time I end up running them by you like the uh the the ghost story that I told you yeah, I can't remember. I think that was one that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> one that I actually enjoyed. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> well, there are there are some that are kind of like, you know, way out in left field there, buddy. I'm sorry, but, you know. Eh, yeah. Um, uh, my 2017, we'll, we'll cover that real quick, and then we'll actually talk about the larger 2017, and then we'll just close this thing out. But for myself... Um, 2017 really didn't bring a whole lot of difference. Um, really just me settling into my new job. Um, uh, figuring out kind of where my life is now that I'm entering my mid thirties. Just kind of coming to the acceptance of that and realizing that I'm nearing middle aged and God damn, that's fucking scary. Um, uh, some major life-changing events uh, like uh, 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 just bought a house yeah, congratulations on that sir that's, that's uh, actually sitting here in a pretty vacant apartment and uh, uh, are the movies moving, finally packed up everything's almost everything is gone I There's, remember you mentioned that on the lounge that the movies were the last to go so I assume uh, right now we are at the large furniture in TVs and uh, clothes and that's it oh shit yeah we are officially moving everything tomorrow and uh, we are uh, then residing at the new house so, so tomorrow's the first night of the new homestead it is, it is, and uh, it's it, it's a little weird because um, uh, I've been working up until today, so it, it's kind of a hassle trying to schedule everything, and the one thing that we've kind of decided on last was how we were setting up our TV, internet, and everything, and I've kind of dropped the ball on getting that set up, so I'm willing to bet there's going to be some nice time without internet or TV, so hoorah. That's going to be fucking terrible. Well, at least you'll have movies you can watch. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be about it. And uh, uh, the house the house is really nice. We're in a nice area. It's uh, isolated out of the city, which, which is going to be great. But 
it comes with the drawbacks of I'm thinking I might have to change uh, cell phone providers just because I get no cell service. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> sorry, I realize my voice is kind of going here. It's weird. Um, our internet options are extremely limited. Apparently, I'm about five miles too far for just about anyone. So I've got the option of satellite or getting fucked. Um, so Verizon so, yeah. doesn't cover out there. Wow. Uh, no, I am slightly too far. Ooh. And that's who you have. You have Verizon currently. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, um, it'll be an adjustment, but hopefully everything will get settled in, and then uh, hopefully. <laughs> God willing, the next lounge will come from my uh, office in the new house. So your house does have an office? Uh, well, it's a very tiny bedroom. Um, technically, I guess it could only really be a nursery, but it's going to be my office. So So if a baby does come along, you would get kicked out of the office, and the office uh, would then become a nursery? I don't foresee that happening. So there's not going to be little Rhodes Kings running around? Hopefully not. This is my boomstick. Yeah. Okay, so Give let's... Give me some uh, sugar, baby. Or no, no, wait, I'm sorry. Give me some sugar, daddy. Uh, that You just went with uh, kind of cute to creepy. Good job, Mike. Hey, if you have a daughter and she says that to you, I would be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> well, you know they would be force-fed evil dead. Oh, I'm sure. That uh, thorny MIVHSs. They'd be like, Daddy, why does this picture look so shitty? <laughs> uh, this looks bad. He doesn't look uh, so groovy in that image. That's that. Uh, God willing, that's how they would speak too. Yes, you dude, you would you would have them speak Bruce speak. You know you would. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, you're you're you you do not go to school. Your textbook. Is if chins could kill one and two. You will All right, learn let's, of let's the talk. Almighty Bruce. Well, let's talk larger no 2017, Mike. Yes. So we kicked off 2017, and there's still a lot of, uh, God, I guess uproar would be the best way to say it over our president, Donald Trump. Oh, did you hear what the fuck he did today? Oh, my God. What did he, he do? Talked, oh my dude, it's all over the fucking news. And they did. He actually said, no, he tweeted. I'm sorry. He tweeted something. Yeah, he always tweets. Immigrants. And he called them like immigrants or people from shithole countries. He actually said oh, wow. shithole countries. I'm like, dude, you're insane. Like, you know, he's just got to really start thinking before he speaks because he's going to alienate. You want to talk about alienating an audience or alienating a country. That's what the dude's doing. Well, see, I, I don't even know where to begin with Trump. Okay. All right. First and foremost, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't I, vote for anyone because I, I think our system is broken, and well, I, I that's why. I voted but. for a third, for one of the third-party candidates, which everybody's like, well, you know, that's just a wasted vote. I it's it's a vote. So it was actually I, it was actually the first time in a long, long time third-party did as well as it's done. Right. And, uh, yeah, I fully supported a third-party candidate, too. Um, 
I will sadly admit, out of our two major candidates, right. I did prefer Trump. Um, I didn't only because he scared me. Only because he scared you. Now he scared me. I don't defend him. I what the? F- Somebody needs to take away his Twitter account. He's a fucking president. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the president has their own Twitter. You know, they have the own their own Twitter account. He yeah, it's not that. run by him. Right. What I'm saying is somebody in the office needs to shut that down. Just be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Now, I will give him the fact, at least he's honest, which is is he's an insane defense. But, he's a little too honest. I think. Yeah, he needs to shut the fuck up. Yes. Um, however, the not my president bullshit, I don't agree with that. Because... That's bullshit. You live in this fucking country. That's just a child throwing a little tantrum. Right. So, sorry. Um, let's let's okay on the exact same uh, trend. I guess I w- would call it the the kneeling during the national anthem as a protest. And th- this started as a protest uh, towards what was it, Mike? Police brutality. Right. Hey, I, go fuck yourself. These guys. Uh, it started in the NFL. Are, are professional athletes making millions of dollars that are supposed to be role models, first and foremost? Right. And I'm sorry. I, I get it. And I fully support everyone's right to protest whatever they feel necessary. However, this is their job. They're in the limelight. And they should be a role model at this point in time. And... and Taking a knee, I, I view it as disrespect because I have a lot of family and friends in the military, right. and that that's bullshit. You can, any other time, protest the police, whatever, go for it. That's your right, man, but that's disrespectful, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it can be a little bit. I don't, I mean, I didn't follow that enough to... You know, I, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to do peaceful protest. That's what everybody in the, the military now, the armed force, they fight for that freedom. I get it. Uh, you know, but have a little respect for, you know, what the uh, what the military, what the soldiers of this country um, fought for, what they, you know... What they went to, what the, what they stood for. It's uh, you know. Well, well, okay. We're discussing the military and everything. What about the the whole building situation that we had and still have with North Korea? Oh God! Well, uh, uh we're gonna end up fucking dead. It's gonna be another nuclear fucking war. Cause I'll tell you the way. Another. Uh, well, there's never, there's uh, never been Mike. Oh, oh shit! You're right. Because if it was, you're, <laughs> you're right. Um, my fault. Um, okay. Yeah. If if Trump keeps going the way that he's going, uh, we're gonna be blown to bits. Uh, we're gonna be dead. Um, because that Kim Jong, he doesn't fuck around. Um, and I mean, Trump likes to put on like his big boy pants and try to like, you know, make it seem like he's big Mister Tough Guy. Well, let me tell you something. Saying well. He was like, well, Kim Jong was, I have a button that'll, you know, and Trump's like, well, I have a bigger button. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, I think uh, 
as soon as like if if that Kim Jong he gets fucking pissed enough, he will fucking hit that. We will fucking be gone, and Trump well, will die, and that's that. I'm not well, actually even sure that that Korea can reach us. That's never been proven. However, the the prospects of it are incredibly scary because of who their allies are, right. and we do not need this war. Mm-hmm. However, it's not specifically our fault it it is korea that is testing this and pushing limits and being quite hostile um right well we don't need the war but i think we're gonna get it anyway regardless i hope we don't um so too but you know if if we do Mm -hmm. i mean this this could be a very a very scary prospect i mean if if it is a simple war between us and them, I don't believe it'll be a, an incredibly long war. However, once China or any of their ally, other allies possibly become involved is where it becomes real fucking tricky. Right. So, And then past that, really the biggest thing, at least from me simply looking back, of course there was the hurricane and there was a solar eclipse and shit like that but really when we look back at 2017 one of the biggest news stories to me is just kind of the the tension that there is in the country right now not only the the tension between you know not my president public republicans and democrats but you know just a lot of race tension and and tension between uh liberals and conservatives everyone seems to be at odds and it doesn't make any fucking sense to me it doesn't it doesn't so we need to get along people well part of the problem is 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 people on both sides just want to turn things in to a fight no one wants to hear each other everyone wants to just scream their opinions Mm -hmm. when people just need to shut the fuck up listen and speak logically I mean, I can sit here and rant about my beliefs and scream about how they're right and you're wrong, but none of you give a fuck, nor should you, because I'm just spewing venom, telling you what's what. However, when we sit here and we talk about the movies we love, like Halloween, Evil Dead, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, whatever it is, whether it's Drive, um, The Revenant, yeah, we can talk about real films too. Drive. I heard Drive was really good, actually. Oh, my God. I fucking love Drive, dude. One of my top five. Ooh, Blade Runner comes out next week. Also, or 20, yeah, 2049 Blade Runner. That's starring Ryan Gosling, too. Ryan Gosling is a national treasure. I don't care what people say. He is a fantastic actor. Oh, he was perfect in Murder by Numbers. Did you ever see that with him and uh, I have not seen it. Ah. It's brilliant. Um, I'm really looking forward to Blade Runner. I sadly missed that. I really wanted to see that. You've um, seen the original, I take it? Of course I've seen the original. What the fuck, Michael? You, you do not have the original on 4K, do you? Not yet. Okay, I'm keeping that in mind. <laughs> um, you know, I, I did promise everyone a top five list. Okay. Well, you do yours because uh, I only have one big movie from this year that... That I were last year that I really need to discuss. Well, 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 sadly, my girlfriend packed my list and I don't oh. have it. Um, she I can kind of. How the fuck could she pack your list? Uh, I, I, 
it happened. Um, I think you need to send her, and I think I need to have a discussion. Uh, I can do the official top five. I can give you guys what I remember and not in the proper order. Okay. <laughs> um, I do know, and th- like I said, not a proper order, and these are only the ones I remember. Um, and I will give the official one on our next episode, which I apologize, but this is just part of the headache of fucking moving. Sorry, people. Um, Kong, Sky, Skull Island, uh, great movie. Uh, hugely entertaining it, I, I can't hold it up it's not a great movie like The Revenant it's just super entertaining and I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. um, It you can't go wrong with it mm-hmm. literally it, you can't go wrong Stephen King's It um, great adaptation it? I didn't even think yeah. you saw that yeah I went to the theaters oh, opening weekend so did I. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a great adaptation really well done it, it the the third act could have been a little better, but that's just nitpicking. For what it is, it is a great film. Um, a topic talking... making us buy a uh, the theatrical version was only released. Now they're making us double dip and buy the director's cut later this year. Well, actually, I was looking at it because uh, the Best Buy 4K Steelbook. I was yes. I was really thinking about that, and then what held me off is in October we're going to get the trailer for Chapter 2. What I'm hoping for is some exclusive box set, some kind of dealie when Chapter 2 comes out with 1 and 2. So I decided at that point, it's like, I'm going to hold off. Because I got the 4... Well, you may have the the Blu-ray of the theatrical coming. Because I got the the 4K uh, non-steel book from the Best Buy. Of course you did. Yes. Yeah. Fuck well, you're not you're not really a package whore like I am. Yeah, fuck steelbooks. <laughs> I, I. Did you see what I posted over on special... Facebook? You know how you bitched about the Friday the Thirteenth thing? Oh, it's only the first eight movies. Who gives a fuck about that? Did you see they lowered it to like twenty three bucks? I still don't care. I did see it's that. It's a great fucking price, asshole. I don't know. I'm still not doing it. It's a great fucking price, asshole. Anyway, your deluxe edition's on Blu-ray. Fucking buy it. Yeah, meh. I'll buy it for you, fucker. Uh, okay, but you have to help me make a new cover for it, because that, that's just hideous. It's a fucking great cover. Yeah, this is a piece of shit cover. That's, that's, that's it's not even the right Jason. Says you. <laughs> fucking. It's not even the right Jason. Okay, anyway, um, I got Kong, It, uh, Atomic Blonde was on my list. I haven't seen that yet, but I want to see Atomic Blonde. It looks really good. Now, I heard some people say that it was just uh, an action film featuring uh, uh, Charlize Theron. Mm -hmm. They're not wrong. It is that. Uh, What I found really interesting about this was the time period that it was set during the fall of the Berlin Wall and all the interplay that went around that um the the spy action with that mm. I, I found really entertaining um and, and i've always been kind of fascinated by that time frame i, I remember as a child the, the wall coming down so it, it had me really fascinated um great film uh i can't remember what else is on there so well, I'll give you the official list, like I said, next next show. So, well, sorry, people. The one film that I saw, and it was like the tail end of this year, 
Um, some of you may know or not know, I do like Woody Allen films. Now, uh, you may not agree with his personal politics. You may have issues with him. And, okay, that's fine. But he is an artist. He does make decent films. And this film, Wonder Wheel, was, to me, probably his best work that I've seen since uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors, which I think was out in 1989. He had, I mean, this was shot and lit and just photographed in such a way that the images you you didn't need the di- I mean the dialogue was great but it was more like the dialogue enhanced the story that was being told by the images um Kate Winslet was in it James Belushi who I haven't seen in anything in a while but he did excellent in this um Justin Timberlake Wow, very surprising. Uh, he did. Uh, he was actually pretty good in this. Um, so, so you're saying that the cinematography was really on point with this one? Oh God, it's yeah, yeah. It probably had to be one of the best films I think he's ever shot, like shot wise. See that that intrigues me. The um, great cinematography always stags me. So. Yeah, and I think you, I think you would appreciate it because I remember I was sitting in the theater and I watched it, and I was like, you know what, this is something that Rhodes King would really appreciate. And, and that's that. That's the thing with me. Um, I, I think, I think you can make the a movie with the exact same actors, director, and. and script but if you have different cinematographers it can drastically change everything i mean it can go from looking like it should be on sci-fi to looking like it should get oscars and it's just the simple things like that man i i'm a sucker for long shots where you get your your protagonist in the center of the screen and just beautiful scenery around and really just telling your story that way i've fucking love that shit well that that's 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 like you know what this was i mean it had the same like woody allen style to it but it's like it just had something different some vibrancy some flair that just really like it literally felt like certain things were just like jumping out just because I don't know, it's very hard to to explain it, but that is, like, something that I could probably watch again and again just because of the way that it looks. Nice. Now, Mike, I know you saw The Last Jedi. Would you consider that one of your top five? I didn't love it. Ooh. I didn't totally hate it. Um, I I love Star Wars. I've loved Star Wars since I was a kid. But um, this was not the best one since empire like a lot of people were saying okay now i haven't seen this one yet yes. but you're, you're you're saying it's kind of middle of the road uh, a little less than middle of the road maybe now why would you say that is it just quality or was it too dark for you depressing no, well, what well, let, let's just did it stray too far it, from what star wars is in your opinion no, it felt to no? me okay. it felt to me that there was too much going on at one time. Like you had all oh, these okay. characters and So it almost just got confusing. Right. Instead of having 
just like one linear motion with a thing. You had a bunch of like subplots and it's like and you had these characters some of which weren't developed properly and I can't really get into it because you didn't see it and if you want to see it then it would spoil some of it but right you know so it almost got chaotic and some balls got dropped in the plot and shit right. like that right and it's just you know like, I, I I get that and I'm actually a little afraid of uh uh Avengers Affinity War being like that just because there's so many fucking characters in that that not not everyone's gonna <laughs> Some shit's gonna get dropped, man. I mean, even with the the second Avengers, some shit got dropped. Right. Well, the thing with that is, with Infinity War, they're kind of like restarting after that, right? So, I will know there's gonna be an Infinity War two. So, and then after that, they're restarting. Yeah, it's pretty that the Infinity War is gonna be pretty much resetting the Marvel universe. Not really resetting, but it's gonna is gonna be so major of an event that it kind of uh wipes the slate clean i guess you'd say i get it i don't know there are going to be characters that have been major characters that die does ant i may cry in the cinema does ant-man die um i'm thinking not Uh, i'm pretty sure that paul rudd has quite the extensive contract well, yeah, but I thought, and I know I, all, I thought they were changing up all the the actors after that or something. No, some of them have contracts that extend past that. Oh, really? Um, like uh, I I know after Infinity War Part One, there's going to be uh, Ant Man and Wasp the sequel. So, um, uh, obviously, Black Panther was just introduced, so he's going to continue on. That comes out in February. Right, what I'm saying is, is his character's obviously going to continue on. Right. They just started with him. Um, but other ones like uh, uh, Vision, I'm I'm not sure if he's going to make it. I'm willing Vision to bet is. money that uh, Captain America is going to die in either the first one or second one. Chris Evans is going to die? Fuck that. There's... There's no guarantee that Iron Man will make it out. And actually, I've heard quite a few rumors online right now that uh, uh, Black Widow may not make it. Is that Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. I'll fucking kill her. her which, which there's, there is a lot of speculation because there's going to be a Black Widow movie. However, they're saying that it could be later in the timeline before. So it, it's nothing's ruled out. Really, no one's safe. It, it's, it, it's. I don't know. It's a little nerve wracking because I, I am, I'm hoping it's good. Uh, I'm nervous just because it's such a big project, and I'm also nervous because I don't want to cry in the theater. Oh, I would. You know what? Please, please, please do a lounge from the theater with you crying. No, please. no. I will hide my shame please. and my popcorn bowl. Please. And, and try and sniffle it back. Oh, no, I need to see that, because I've cried so many times in the theater. I told you that I cried during uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, but still, it's not the same. <laughs> no, you just want to see me completely lose it when Captain America dies and his shield's broken. and. Oh, God, yeah, because you're, like, in love with Cap. Like, 
I he he is my favorite superhero. I I love his franchise. I, I Dude, at this think, age, when I'm Cap really dies. The franchise is dead too. Um no. Yes. Because uh, nobody else is going to be Cap like Chris Evans, and you know that. No, no, no. Uh, but the the moniker Captain America will continue on. It'll it'll either be Winter Soldier, who my money is on, or uh, uh, the Falcon. Oh, well, even still, it's not. It's not the. It's not the same. No, not at all. He's dead. So. All right. On that uh, incredibly depressing note, we are going to uh, call this a show. Thank you for setting through this train wreck. Um, I appreciate it. I hope you guys had fun. We will be back. Um, I will have my proper top five. And you know what? Just just to up it because I fucked up. Yeah. I'm also going to give you guys my top five films ever. Wow. And I'm going to make Mike do the same. Oh, God. Oh, I, oh I bet shit. you all. Halloween is on that list. Big thing to look forward to in 2018 this year is a Critters TV series, bitch. I think it's going to be a web series. It's a fucking TV series. I'm betting it's going to be all digital. It's a fucking TV series. I will subscribe to whatever platform I got it subscribed to to get those fucking crites, bitch. I hope it's good, but yeah, there there is that. Fucking house. They will destroy your house. You will have you will have to move back into the apartment where you can have your fucking regular <laughs> internet back and all that shit. Let me send them. I have your address. I'll send them over. All right, Mike. Well, everyone, thank you so much. We will be back in two weeks, and we will talk more critters and top five films and who knows. Crazy, racky shit that's happened to us in the world, and yeah. Rabin Red, hoorah! Stay spooky and shit like that. Hoorah! <laughs> Alright, people. Uh, later.
of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC.